Welcome to Threads of Healing, conversations with the wayward and the wise. This is your host, Dr. Ila Manga, coming to you from Johannesburg, South Africa. Threads of Healing is the space for exploring what healing could mean by having deep conversations with wisdom keepers, doctors, artists, storytellers, fact finders and visionaries, we bring awareness to the voices who have answered their call to heal and to discover a new way of living, breathing and being in the world and will inspire you to do the same. My first guest today is Albert Lowe from Human. Welcome, Albert. Thank you very much, Dr. Elamanga. We appreciate that intro, and I'm excited to, to listen to this series based on that intro. Yeah, I'm so excited for this conversation. Um, so tell us about, about Human. Well, you know, Human is just, I'll, I'll say this, Human is just a business uh, that functions in South Africa. What we try and do here is do business with purpose. We try and highlight value chains in the world. We try and highlight people behind brands. We try and highlight products behind um, the people behind the products and what companies stand for and values and principle. And um, when I spoke to you and we started engaging in conversation and um, about taking responsibility, you know, being vulnerable is okay at the moment in business and in South Africa as a human or individual. Um, and how a healing process now is so important for us as we go through this and we're still dealing with what we're dealing with at the moment and how I want to play some role in the healing phase for entrepreneurs going forward and just normal everyday humans, um, individuals that, that wake up with courage, uh, wake up with confidence and, and really try and play a role in the purpose of life. Um, and that's what we try and do at Human without going into business particulars. Thank you. So, you know, when we approached you with the podcast idea, you jumped at the idea and so generously uh, offered to sponsor the entire series, to sponsor your space, your equipment, your people, and your own time. Why? Why is this important to you? Uh, well, firstly, we like helping. It's at the core of our of our of our system. Um, is that we wake up in the morning uh, to be more a more inclusive type of business. So, when um, uh, even a competitor comes to me, we want them to be good at what they do because if they're good at what they do, they do good for their customers. That customers leads to the economy, leads to healthier people, better-minded people. So, to me, when you came with the opportunity and you said to me what you want to do and what you currently and have been doing all your life. I found that extremely inspiring and I know that personally, one, I can benefit from that. But most importantly, I think that there's a whole of a lot of South Africans that has massive impact in this world. They can benefit from it. And when we found um, out about this uh, opportunity, to us it was just a no-brainer. If you look at what you've done, if you look at what you stand for uh, and the help that you provide every single day, that's why we are in. You know, we were having a conversation earlier about uh, why you thought just going inwards and learning the tools to support your, your own energy is so important right now. 
What does healing mean for you personally right now? I said to Tammy, uh, Dr. Ellen, you'll, you'll see I always have a very open response to you. You know, I'm, I'm, I think I was raised a bit tough, you know, be, be tough. And, you know, you need to, st- regardless of what's going on in life, you need to wake up every day. You need to always stand tall and firm and strong. What's happened over the last uh, years with me is that I've, f- I've I actually appreciate vulnerability. I actually appreciate not being so strong and then using our uh, uh, the people that are team members that work for us uh, to use them and to make us all feel a little bit better on a daily basis. And I will be the first one to admit that fluffy type of programs, there's a lot out there. Um, and what I found about you is the realness of your approach. You know, something as simple as breathing, um, which I'm discovering on Saturday, um, how that actually impacts you on a day-to-day business. Because how I related it is that when you wake up in the morning, just before you, let's say you go into a pitch, let's say you approach a customer, is to take that deep breath. And we do that actually. We take a moment where we just run through our brains of what we're supposed to do. And to me, that's a healing process because I mentally prepare for what I'm about to go into. So we actually do that by default. And every time you don't take a conscious moment to do that, it's always a different outcome. And that's why I'm so interested in this process because I think it could be explored much deeper than I currently utilize it. I love what you're saying there and the idea of vulnerability being a core aspect of the strength and courage that is needed at this time. And, you know, I was having a profound conversation with a group of coaches uh, just earlier around redefining this idea of what resilience is. And already you've said so much that has related back to this conversation. And the first is this idea of, of vulnerability, the fact that you are able to get support from your team and that you're okay to do that. Yeah. You know, this, this sense of generosity, of spirit. And... Um, also, you know, you mentioned breathing and how instinctively when you're about to go into a presentation, you slow your breath down. And it speaks to how resilience is an innate capacity that we all have. It's, it's an innate natural state of being that we don't often um, respect because we think that it's something that is uh, um, related to toughness or forging ahead mm-hmm. and and actually what this time has shown us is that it's something different or it requires something different now and that can be tough for, for many people a hundred percent and what I found was is that we, we have to also have so much more compassion so if, if I look at um, uh, you know doing something for someone or doing something for a client I take a moment to go, what value do I want that message to bring to that client? And if that conscious thinking is not coming from a place of compassion, real realness, so you really want to make a difference for that client. If it's coming out of a place of panic, fakeness, fear, fear, it changes the entire dynamic for that moment. And if I look at my day-to-day, you go into, you wake up, depending if you're a morning person or an evening person, you wake up with a lot of energy and strength. Not all of us, but some of us. But as the day goes by and you engage with the world more, it sucks you back into this fear. 
Because everything you read at the moment, it doesn't matter what you read at the moment, has some connotation of negativity, doom and complete gloom. What's a doom and gloom? Doom and gloom. Doom and gloom. And for me, I want to go on this journey and I want to invite other humans, when women, different cultures, uh, different personalities to go through this journey with you, to learn how to be better at our businesses. Because it's not just about business. There's no monetary thing when I say that, Dr. Ella. I don't think money, I don't think world possessions. I think influence with your team members. And then they influence their families. Their families influences the people around them. They raise better kids. They raise more conscious kids. And we make ultimately more sustainable businesses if we go with this objective and i think that's why i'm so interested and i'm learning with everybody that's listening here i am not a master at business i have so much more failures than i have successes um in fact i sometimes wake up not sure how i got to the point where i did and all that comes back to me is that it comes from a genuine place we don't have greed in our minds here we don't have you know um this idea of sucking everything out of the world and leaving nothing behind we really want to make a difference and you know this world isn't easy anymore dr ella it's not an easy world to wake up and get excited about every single day the human race is a very disappointing um movement if you think about humans and what they do to people and what we do to each other how we speak to each other and what we sometimes think of each other before we even know each other it's it's a nasty place sometimes and i know i'm i it sound quite negative when i say that but i'm just excited to say what can we do to make the world around us a better place but not just for a moment or an hour but for life and that's what i'm struggling with on a day-to-day basis so I have two questions based on what you've said. And the first is, have you always thought this way? Have you always had a positive growth mindset? Have you always kind of seen the world the way you do? What has shaped the way that you perceive the world? My mom and dad. It, it has to come down to that. Because if I look at what my dad fought for and what he stand, stood up for, I saw those moments in life. And that's why it changed me. If my dad just spoke about them, I don't think it would have had the impact it ever did. The same as my mom. If, you, if she never showed me the compassion side of life and why you have compassion, what you can do to other people if you, if you approach them differently, speak to them differently um that to me and 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 it comes down to my dad once said to me that when you employ people one day and i uh, invested in a butchery group we were up to 178 people you know when you wake up in the morning you get in your car you go to the office by then your staff would have had two buses gone onto a taxi they would have been in a taxi that would have you know driven all sorts of different ways so they really feel stressed for the day by the time you get they get to the office it's a whole different start of the day than waking up in a fresh shower putting your car on and going to work when he showed me that side of life i then i used it and said okay how do i make that lessons learn that i've learned and how do i apply it into business and make my staff and team members better which then translate into a better business better customer service better sustainability in business and i think that's a lot of my um where it comes from you, you speak so fondly of your dad and with such respect tell us a little bit about him my dad was an advocate and, and, and a senior advocate and also a judge at some stage in South Africa. 
Uh, my dad was a very successful um, advocate, uh, have a huge firm, and then on, at the age of 37, lost everything one Saturday morning. Completely started over. My, we had to get an old Toyota Crescida from family members. We had to move to the Strand into a very old Pandok. And he then dedicated his life. He said to me that he found out what he was becoming. You know, the best cars, the nicest houses. And he was living for himself, just for himself and his family. And he thought that, you know, if he does that, that's, that's not what he needs to do in life. But what he found out is that he was born in South Africa. South Africa had challenges and a history of challenges. Now we're in a new democracy 26 years later. And he said, what role can I play in that democracy? So he started helping the vulnerable. The technician that works as a car technician, he can't afford legal fees or that type of legal fees. So my father started taking his entire life and changing it towards serving the people. He became involved with the ANC. He became a serving member of the ANC and he also became a um, legal advisor for the ANC. And then he stood up within the ANC for what the things they were doing wrong, um, for things that he saw that he wasn't happy with. So he fought for the people. And his funeral, which was just over a year ago now, he had a state funeral, or what do you call it? I think it's a state funeral. It's where we've never seen, and this was one of the um, mentions from the, one of the pastors and some of the politicians that spoke at his funeral. Only my dad could bring black and white together in his death like he did at his funeral and to me that summarized my dad he was for everybody i mean yeah that one is but he you know told me to greet the if you go play golf and your caddy look him in the eye and greet him say good morning whatever his name might be take a moment to spend human engagement with him my dad would walk into a room and greet the people that you would consider not important and that's all he focused on. In fact, if you had an ego or a title to your name, you'll probably be the last person to engage with him. And that was my dad. Yeah, I feel like I need to just breathe that in. Yeah, it's, um, it's something I miss and it's something I honor now. You know, I think where we are in the world right now and in our country, so many of us are feeling so overwhelmed by the amount of suffering that is around us. And what you're describing is just being open-heartedly attentive to who is in your sphere of influence. But more than that, I think what really inspired me about what you were saying earlier about how one consumer can have a ripple effect on so many people. Completely. Tell us a little bit about that. You know, it's difficult because I, I struggle with my own team members. Like, how do, how do we, we're we so small, we, we're not really significant in this world. How do we make a difference? And we started working with manufacturing companies and uh, because I believe there's a massive drive for that in the economy and the fight back in the economy. And then we started, if you really dissect it, one buyer within a retail group can today make a decision that he's going to support a local factory 
that makes beautiful furniture or beds or whatever the example might be. And if you consciously today show your value as a company to that particular buyer, he changes that factory overnight, instantly. And that's what is so exciting for us, is that if we can convince in a very good way, um, in a sustainable way, that there's a value to this particular product or company, that that buyer can make a conscious decision today and then not just in currently keep the employment of that factory of let's say 150 people but you can grow it to 200 people and to me that's what we refer to as the real economy and i think that when you see this life it feels so overwhelming but if you start breaking it down humans are have the ability to change everything we have the ability to change everything from now immediately Today, the impact that you make, you know, if today you go to your fridge today and you open it up and you, you know that that butter comes from, you know, Josephine somewhere in Middleburg, she makes it, she's got 50 people that she employs behind that. How much better is it is to put that butter on your bread than any other butter that just goes onto the shelf? So we really want to explore who are the people behind the businesses who are even somebody like you you know when you walk into a room and when you look at some of the stuff that you have online it's intimidating you almost don't want to approach somebody like you because intellectually you feel like you can't communicate with you and that's what we want to break down is that actually humans are approachable humans can change but if we don't have conversation with each other if we don't if we just speak and don't show in actions what we do what are we doing what are we living on this life then for? So that we can have a BMW in my car, in my in my garage, so that my friends can come to my house and I can impress them with my 12-seater dining room table? Is that really what we are living for? And if you were born in this life, firstly, you can consider yourself lucky to be a human that's alive. Now, if you were born into poverty, how do you consider that same luck as any other human? So I say to myself that we have to wake up with a purpose. And also the clients that we represent has to have a purpose. I'm not here just to take your money. I've made my money in life. And it's the same thing for you. When I look at somebody like you, you, you can really make a difference. You've, you've just by conversation that you've had, you've made me feel more confident. You've made me feel like we, what we're saying is actually real. And just that has made a massive difference in this life. This office this morning was so excited to have somebody like you in March coming in here. And it's because of what you've done in the past, because people think they pay for now. You have done this your whole life. We are just privileged enough now to be forming part of this journey going forward. And that's that's why I think we can make change. And, and that's what motivates me. Not every day, Dr. Ella, uh, but it motivates me 90% of the time. Tell us about the 10%. It's the 10% is for me is my responsibility. So we have about 22 people on book here um, at the business um, that we support. If you multiply that in family wise, it's probably close to 45, 50 people that, 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 I think that's something that many, many businesses face as a challenge and as a, well, um, I'll say a burden because it feels heavy on the shoulders of, of small business owners and especially in this environment. I mean, you know, in the face of, of uh, you know, our current economic climate, the corruption, the frustration, 
I mean, how do you navigate through those channel challenges for yourself? The the days when you are feeling frustrated and hopeless. What is it that that supports you in those moments? Dr. Ella, this is um, I'm a, I'm not a very big intellectual. So to me, it's faith and humans. When I look at, I go to this game this morning or wherever I go into a shop. There's a lady that greets me with so much enthusiasm, with a smile. And then I look at her circumstances and I look at my circumstances and I say to myself, how are you smiling? How are you managing to have the courage to wake up every day and support your family? So to me, the teachers that wake up in the morning and go and look after uh, disabled kids, um, the, the teachers that wake up in the morning with a real purpose to go and educate our kids, the doctors that really want to make a difference, the doctors that don't just focus on money and greed, uh, that those people that I've seen in my real life, that's what inspires me. Because I know that regardless of whatever is going on in this world, those people still exist and we have to fight for one another so what we what we tend to do is we don't fight for the greater good or the good people you know look at society we don't the good people that do the real work in the economy we don't really consider them very important so for me it's the faith and the human aspect that keeps me driving to say that if they can do what they do on a daily basis, and I've been privileged and blessed to have a brain that allows me to understand business, to help grow companies, to, Im to influence individuals, then I have a responsibility and a duty. And yes, it is heavy to carry. And some days, you just simply don't want to carry that. But to me, I'm just very, very grateful that I have the strength and the capacity to, to take on that responsibility. Yesterday, I listened to such a beautiful podcast with Zach Bush. Um, he's a, a medical doctor and also, you know, he thinks about life really differently and he's just so inspiring. And um, someone asked him, um, what is wellness? And his answer was, wellness is about surrender. It's about letting go of everything that you believe about yourself, old constructs, old, constructs, old belief systems, um, roles, identities. What is it that you feel you need to surrender? Dr. Ella, I'm going to basically bring it down to, uh, I don't know if ego is the right word, but I find it difficult to be vulnerable and be strong at the same time. I find it very difficult. So I find that every time I'm weak, it exposes me to my team members. Um, and it's a difficult thing for me to navigate because vulnerability brings us closer together. But am I, am I and this is man or woman, you know, do I wake up in the morning um, and allow to be vulnerable to say, I'm having a bad day, guys. I'm, I'm not feeling very inspired this morning or this afternoon. For me then to take that moment and deal with it, I then say, you have no right to feel that way. You have no right to think that way. So you have to get up and, and deal with it. And that's how I deal with it. Wow. <laughs> Oh, there's so much there <laughs> in what you've just said, Albert. Um, you know, I think there's such power in showing vulnerability 
it, within a safe construct, within a safe space of your organization, because then it gives the other permission to be real and vulnerable too. Yeah. And I think that we have been conditioned to think of strength and vulnerability or resilience and vulnerability as two binary concepts. And, and this is something that I have really started to think about is this redefining of vulnerability, that it is a robust vulnerability, that strength comes from the ability to navigate our emotional life. And certainly in, in my work, this is something I've seen over and over again, is the, in this gearing up, in this forging ahead, there's a, a suppression of powerful emotions that need expression. And when there's a suppression of these emotions, it creates such an inflammation in, in, in the system. There's a build-up, there's a trauma that resides within every cell. And so, so much of my work is around understanding the role of, of emotion, learning to be aware of it. What does it feel like? How is it showing up in my behavior? How is it feeding the way that I see the world, that I relate to myself? And in the feeling of it, in the, the release of it, there's an expansion that happens. And that, for me... Is, is what resilience really is. It's about finding a way to really go in and expand and release so that we are able to see things in a different way. And that takes so much courage. You know, it takes support. It takes a community. It takes conversations like this. It takes stories like this. Yeah. You wake up, and every time I've engaged with you, you're not just positive, you're realistic. But the words that come out of your mouth, it, it, it cannot be that you read a book and now you know it. It comes from life experience. And a book facilitates you through that process, so you learn a little bit more about this, a little bit more about this. But your experience and how you talk comes from experience or life, just living life. How do you do it? How do you, in 2020, in a time like we find ourselves now, how do you still feel positive? And how are you being able to wake up in the morning and be that positive and then be that foundation for the clients that are vulnerable and dumping a lot of that emotion onto you? Because in business, we're supposed to be strong. We're supposed to do what we're supposed to do. And, I'm, and this series is going to challenge every little bit of thinking that I've ever had in the traditional sense because we're moving away from that. But how do you do it? Yeah. What keeps your fire going? Yeah, you know, I, I don't think it's about being positive necessarily. I, I think it's about being honest about the way I feel. So I, I'm very open and expressive, and those who are close to me know that. So I, I have um, a tribe of people around me that I trust, that I feel I am able to be real with. Um, so that's, that's key for me. I find great strength in asking the question why. And that asking the question why slows me down, allows me to pause so that I can shift my perspective, so that I can understand the bigger picture. So rather than 
falling into reactive patterns, which of course I still do, it's a practice in just stepping back, understanding why. Why is someone behaving the way they are? You know, and if we give ourselves time to understand, then we'll realize that we all share the same humanity, we all share the same pain, and we all share the same capacity for love and compassion. And I choose to feed that. I choose to nurture that within myself and between each other. And for me, that's what is really important. Um, and that's what keeps my energy, is just seeing the spark of humanity within every single person that I encounter, because I can, it's in the eyes. And when we take a moment just to stop and connect, we can feel that common humanity, us as one, as one, you know? Yeah. And even though that might seem, I don't know, when I say that, it feels like, you know, <laughs> a philosophical... But no, I get you, uh, 100%. You know, you. it's a felt experience. Mm. And um, it's, a, it's a conscious choice to just to nurture that way of being. That's very important. If any business owner or you know, any human um, that's got some sort of sense of leadership role or in management, that's to me what you just said there at the end, that the philosophical side turns into how do you practically take that tool and then better yourself. And that's what I'm excited about uh, on this journey for me especially. And, and if you don't mind, I... I just wanted to, to quote you on, on something. Whatever brought you to this website, this is Dr. Ella Munger's website, whatever uh, means to be fully alive, you are fatigued by old system and outdated ideas. I know that those are just words, but that is where we are. We are so outtired and fatigued with the same messages, the same promises and commitments that we as humans make to each other, whether that's politician, leadership, management, floor staff, it doesn't really matter. You have a sacred relentlessness with a desire to live with more energy, deeper meaning and inspiration. And to me, that is the being of us. But it's difficult in a philosophical way to make that sense in my own mind. When I break it down to, you know, what do you live for? What's your deeper meaning? I can give you real examples of it. But to live with that on a day-to-day -day basis, I'm th I'm, that's the exciting part for me. And I think a lot of vulnerable men and women that listen to this and go, I don't normally buy into these type of things. I don't normally want to listen to these type of things. I say take the step with us. Take the first step with us. And, and I think you'll be pleasantly surprised of the outcome um, of that first courageous step. Absolutely. Uh, so, Dr. Ella, we and the team, we sat here, um, and like you mentioned in the beginning, of course, it's we, we're doing the easy part. So, we, you'll, we've got the facilities for you to come and have a chat to, but we did think about this, and we said, you're a busy woman as well. You've got your own life and things to focus on, but you're taking the time to put this series together to help others. Um, firstly, why? Um, and secondly, who should be listening to this type of message on podcasting or, or, or this type of conversation that we're having? Well, why? You know, I think that through my life's journey, I have gained 
incredible insights into the human condition, but also who we are as humanity that is beyond our pain, that is beyond our suffering. And I, I feel that I am in a privileged space at this point in my life to be able to share some of that. And that our lives are not just about us, that we have a responsibility to share, to support, to give back, without sacrificing our own well-being. And I'm, I feel incredibly strongly about this, because especially in South Africa, we are a society that are incredibly generous. We have so many activists and entrepreneurs and people who do give back, unfortunately often at their own expense. And I believe, and this is also a reason that I wrote Breathe, um, the, book. the book Strategizing Energy in the Age of Burnout, is I saw that the people who are most passionate, the people who have the most to share, are at most risk of burnout. And so we have a responsibility to self-care, to figure out what that means, to figure out what healing means for us. And so this conversation is crucial for people who not just are experiencing suffering in their own lives right now, but are also thinking about ways to support others. And what does that healing look like? So my question to you then, Albert, is how do you see yourself as a healer? Um, firstly, I don't see myself as a very good healer at the moment. Um, I think what you've encouraged us to do is that if we don't pay attention to ourselves, um, you know, we take 12 to 18 hours a day onto our businesses. We run around every single day. But do we ever take a moment for ourselves? And not just for ourselves, but to make sure that we are sustainably good at what we do or, or carry the influence that we do. Um, and to me, that's also why I'm saying that for the first time, I really believe in investing in yourself um, a little bit every single day to just take a moment from what are you trying to do, what are you trying to picture, picture everything visually that's going on in your life, how does your time and energy and etc. fall into that. And from a healing perspective, I see myself as coming in in the morning, making sure that all our team members are, are, are passionate and purposeful in what they do because you can't fake passion. So if you identify the purpose of what you do as a business and you identify how you want to make a change and a difference for the better good, I personally see that as my role and as a healing role because it allows people to mentally be ready to take on the job on a daily basis. And then I think just basic supports of encouragement um, is to, and, and, and not even encouragement in a, in a motivational type of sense, uh, doctor, but more about coming in here and saying, this is what's going on in the world as long as, as, as least as how it's perceived. But let's look at some of the dynamics around us, what we're trying to make a difference in, where we're trying to make an impact in, and let's focus on that. And that's how we try and keep focus um, or how I see my role here in the business at the moment. But it's an ever-changing, ever-changing position. Mm. And it's an acceptance of the ever-changing nature of it. Very. Every day is different, you know. 
Very much so. Um, and I think it's, you know, we always say South African men are, you know, born to be strong, but it's, it's women and men in South Africa that are made to, to rise that way. And for me, I'm so excited when I say this. I'm vulnerable. I'm not the best at what I do. I have moments of weakness. I have moments of wanting to give up. I have moments that I don't believe in what I say. I have moments that I don't believe that we're going in the right direction. I am that person this morning, and I am ready to take the help that we can get from this series, to listen to the series and listen to everybody that's going to have an impact in conversation and take that and practically make it work for us. That's my message to everybody. Wow. So you mentioned this idea of being sometimes positive and resilient and sometimes weak. What do you mean by the word weak? What does that feel like? What is that? What does weakness feel like? I, I'm, I'm, I say nasty things to get a reaction from team members. I um, put them down, uh, thinking that that's the right thing to do. I sometimes uh, tell my t team members that we should be lucky, and you know, we 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 we, we consider privileged to be able to still work and have clients that come in here, and that's supposed to encourage them. It's not. And that's the weakness that I'm talking about, that as a leader, I felt so strong. And all of a sudden, in the last four months, I'm like, oh, this is different. You're not leading now a business that has to go and get money and turn that into a commercial p p p proposition. You're now leading a company that has to go into this world and make a real challenging difference. And to do that is not easy, doctor. To, to, to wake up and want to do things the right way is not the easy way to do it. To, to fool people is easy. To fake is easy. But to be real and to, to, to break through all the nonsense, you know, we even tell customers we make mistakes. And that's what, I, that's what I've taken, started to take weakness or what I feel is weakness and start to communicate it. Because to me, it's a personal thing. But if you look at suicide rates and if you look at people what they're going through at the moment and what they're saying to each other how people in communities are talking to each other at the moment it for me that is an insane amount of weakness at the moment and to me i always found that if you talk about something and you start engaging with that it changes everything and that's why i wanted to do this conversation with you today and why i wanted to make the statement of being weak is because i want to say it's okay to be weak it's okay to feel vulnerable but then what are we doing to make sure that we that that we that we start the healing process and what does that healing process look like? I might not be able to answer that right now. Hopefully at the end of the series or as the series continues, we will be able to share more with you. But I wanted to start it in a very real way to say to you that we've got work to do and we've got work to do in this country. Um, and it's going to take intellectual conversation, but it's also going to take real heart conversation, a journey to go with um, and to travel with you on. Oh, Albert. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being so real, for being so generous, for having this conversation. Uh, I think it's a beautiful start. Thank you for listening to Threads of Healing, the podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ila Manga. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do so on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. 
and feel free to leave a review and tell us what you think. If you have found this podcast inspiring and useful, and you know someone who would too, please feel free to pass this along.